You heard what the first episode of the Star Wars TV series is going to be, right? Does it involve a big green bunny? No, it involves time travel. It's about people time traveling to uh, stop the Anakin Skywalker from becoming Darth Vader, and then that means that the <laughs> trilogy that trilogy that we love never happened. Fuck that show. Well, genre. I mean, it's <laughs> the last finger. Uh, Lucas had to pop on us. <laughs> I just love how you just immediately switched to that. The old just fuck that show. <laughs> well, yeah, it, basically it's... that. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, Star Wars, most of it is a lost cause. Lost hope. Yep. Well, first of all, uh, there is no time travel in Star Wars. There they is can now. do that. In, they can do that on Star Trek. Yeah, be- like because they every, have traveling time week. every week. But <laughs> then in Star Wars, that doesn't happen. It's like I heard that that's also the the new plotline for the new Resident Evil Online game. Which explains why people are trying to kill Leon Kennedy back when he was this two-bit cop. Uh, but no, you don't do that on on Star Wars. I repeat, there has Leon, never you created the time anything. paradox. There has never been anything even remotely similar to time travel in Star Wars. They they can just go and make a, an entirely different what, universe. What about, the, what about that they, one? What about that one comic where the Millennium Falcon crashes on a primitive world, and then you have Indiana Jones show up and look in the cockpit, see the skeleton, and see, say, "I have a strange feeling like I have a connection to this pilot." Okay, <laughs> stupid, but still not trying trouble. And also, <laughs> that, that's a real in- comic. I know. <laughs> I am entirely aware of the existence of that comic. <laughs> but I, uh, I think I heard the old sigh, a super sigh, right there. Yeah. See, that was that writer trying to be subtle. So much. Hmm. <laughs> so, so much. It's probably, the, you know, the panel that Harrison Ford shows up. I mean, any of them, either Indiana Jones or, or Han Solo, there was probably this huge banner saying, hey, kids, it's Harrison Ford. Applause. Well, I'm just going <laughs> to present the show up and say, get off my plane. No ticket. <laughs> and then, <sighs> the punch, and then punch uh, Commissioner Gordon out of the plane. Uh, right where he falls in Transylvania and becomes Dracula. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Uh, Pablo, it's what do you know of Al Rio? Al Rio, the good girl artist, that he recently supposedly committed suicide. And I believe that's bullshit. At least uh, regarding to the last interview that I could get a hold of him, okay. it didn't seem like it was this someone who wasn't exactly happy with who he is or what he had or someone that, that had lost everything or anything. I mean, it's too weird. And he left no suicide note besides. I still, however, haven't seen as much from Al Rio as I would, uh, as I would have wanted because I, I've mostly seen his cover work, actually. 
I mean, the the recent stuff he's done is mostly cover work. The the stuff I've seen recently, and I did get to read some of his work back in uh, Gen thirteen and also in DB eight a bit. Oh, Gen thirteen, that's one of Neil's favorites, right, Neil? Uh, on and off. Um, <laughs> it depends on who the writer and artist is. <laughs> Has Amanda uh, Connor ever done anything for Gen thirteen? I don't think so. Should she? Yeah. <laughs> Neil is an Amanda Connor fanboy. I can't blame him. I mean, I, I'm yeah, totally an Amanda Connor fanboy, too. All I said this morning yeah. is that she's doing the Silk Spectre uh, story. She's doing the art for that. And I'm like, well, I'm sold on that. Well, let's uh, let's start this uh, Al Rio salute episode. Neil, you ready? Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Al, Al Rio. Al Rio. We ready? <laughs> I'll read. Okay. Uh, welcome again to Animation Aficionados. We're we're doing a very special emergency episode about sexy girls in honor of Al Rio, one of the best sexy girl artists out there. I'm your host Ben, joined by my co-host TV Sustrail. Howdy ho! Uh, you know uh, what I'm going to do with this episode is that we've done so many of these sexy girls episodes that uh, it's kind of uh, becoming kind of silly to include them as part of the uh, the episode catalog. So. This officially is going to be Sexy Girls episode number four, and then we'll continue with the regular episode numbering after that. Okay. <laughs> and we have with us two Sexy Girl artists, uh, Aisaku. Hi. In Pablo I'm Aisaku. Oh, and Pablo Prime. <laughs> Red, hot, and sexy. Okay. And uh, let's uh, let's get this started. Al Rio, of course, is one of uh, the most notable uh, Sexy Girl artists uh, out there, you know, right up there with the likes of... Uh, of uh adam warren adam warren obviously adam warren <laughs> uh frank cho Jinx, frank cho and yeah. uh so many others um, i mean in, in yeah and you know one thing that al rio really gets is uh the, the torso the the sexy torso i mean you know that's that's something that most artists mess up i mean like especially uh, during the 90s as, you know the, the dearly departed michael turner couldn't draw torsos worth of crap <laughs> he had his good share of torsos and he also had more than two faces i don't care what everybody says one face he had more trust me <laughs> it's just well here here's the thing with with you know mostly the good girl artists here uh, I gotta speak as a guy who draws girls. I wouldn't consider myself a, a good girl artist like Ben said. But here's the thing. I had a recent uh, job in advertising recently uh, where I had to draw uh, animatics for a beer commercial. It involved a factory, a magical factory of beer run entirely and made functional by females. They gave me various photographs as a reference. Uh, on the several different girls that they wanted in, and I stuck to that de- reference. So when two women were different between each other, I would draw them differently. Thing uh-huh. is, they suddenly started saying stuff like, no, you gotta make this girl prettier. And I was like, uh, but she is pretty. <laughs> no, no, you gotta make her prettier like the other girl over here, the one next to her. And it was like so basically they wanted to do the same girl over and over again, right? Yes, because here's the thing: yeah. uh, I had done a slightly different nose, because as you know, unless plastic surgeons are involved, noses tend to be one of the most distinctive characteristics people have. So, uh, oh, there you go. So yeah. while I was uh, working on that, I started trying to make some fixes there, and they started, you know, 
going, no, no, yeah, change this, change that, change this, change that. And suddenly, what once were 30 entirely different, unique, beautiful girls became the same girl with different hairstyles and different skin colors. And that's the sad thing, that when working uh, in an industry where people have this idea of beautiful, when time pushes in, you start going to the common places that work. And that's the sad thing, because you, you have this standardized face. However, for example, when it comes to Turner, well, actually any good artist, any good girl artist out there, every time they draw a girl, they usually draw their idea of a beautiful girl. And it's usually along the same lines. But when it comes to, for example, the rest of, uh, of a cast of evildoers, especially, uh, they go f- with shitloads of detail into it. They put a lot of effort there, wrinkles, noses, differences, beard, hair, all that. Oh. But when it comes to the girl, they suddenly have to you know, tune it down and the lines vanish. The face <laughs> becomes you know, this blank slate. Well, uh, uh, and that's the way that, it happens. I that just, could be true from every arsenal. Now that you think about it, like beauty, good, it's homogeneous. Evil is distorted, gritty, <laughs> oh. everything. I just, I just posted a, a link to some more Al Rio art that where you know he draws oh, two cool. girls that look very similar. What about that? <laughs> Mary Marvel well, with Mary Marvel. But actually, if you take yeah, a look, the same girl. evil Mary Marvel well, has character. wrinkles and details in her face. Well, good girl Mary Marvel has almost no lines in her face. Again, my proof is, is you know. What proof. do you think? Of, what do you think of that picture? I love it. I especially love you know evil Mary Marvel. A lot. <laughs> I'll take lot. the one on the right. <laughs> Same oh. here. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I ever saw El Rio, I was just kind of walking by the spinner rack, and I pulled out a Gen 13. I'm like, wow, Jay Scott's getting really good. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's not Jay Scott Campbell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suddenly knew that. I suddenly noticed that uh, Fairchild got a whole lot sexier. Oh, yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> My favorite runs uh, when it came to art uh, on Gen 13 were actually the Al Rio runs and the Ed Venice runs. Ed Venice, again, same problem. Ed Venice love his art so much. I mean, uh, and I, I know some people don't, but... And also Brazilian, just like Al Rio. Again, I repeat, Brazilians do the best girls ever. Yeah. Well, Brazilians have the well, best girls ever. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They have excellent models. I, I mean, I, that's what I, I think... Uh, I, I mean, it's like, like I said once, once before, when I saw the uh, the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk movie. It's, it's some people ask me what I thought. I said, "Oh, that Brazilian chick in that first twenty minutes. Oh my God, she was hot." <laughs> and wow, in, in, I, 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 I've always praised Brazilian television when it came to you know sexuality content and stuff. The, those jokes that they made on The Simpsons. Which, oh, that one. They're pretty accurate. Well, that, that episode well, had know. lots of jokes. I mean, I wonder if that episode even aired in Brazil because they actually had the Brazilian kidnappers I, say, I heard, our, money I heard, looks, our money is so colorful, it looks so gay. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard so uh, many issues with that recently. I mean, not recently, back in the day when that episode aired, I heard there was a lot of discussion there. Here, uh, on the other hand, when they say, ha you're gay, uh, <laughs> people laughed. And it was like, oh, someone knows we exist. 
Yeah, but when the, <laughs> when the when the we're on the Simpsons tangent now, but I'm just gonna say it again. In when in the Simpsons movie, Krusty says the only place you can find a greasier burger is in Mexico. <laughs> and <laughs> they saw would they change that to again? Isaku? You ask me if they changed the yeah in in, in the Mexican Simpsons jokes yeah. and the dubbing. Nope, no, no. Uh, you said you, but you told me they changed it to if you can find a greasier burger, I'll send you a prize. Really? You told me that. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. No, within the not not in movie, but in in previous episodes, they said something about Mexico, and they didn't change it back then. But yeah, I guess that the movies is a larger audience, uh, more money involved, uh, ticket revenues. Yeah, they, they, uh, the language changed. But still, I mean, uh, The Simpsons are lightweight. In, in, yeah, uh, it's not like Michael Bay on Transformers. I mean, that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're not talking about you're not talking about eating gators, are you? No, I'm talking about stuff like Bobby Bolivia, like the country, only without the diarrhea. <laughs> without the ones. <laughs> Here we got. Uh, like the country, only without the ruins. Uh, it was like so much fun. The, without the ruins, without the, the ruins. ruins. Yeah, <laughs> that's so they fun. so they were aware of what they were doing once they did that. <laughs> it's not a you know like ah ha ha ha. You know what recently happened here? There's this uh, comic book artist Gustavo Sala. He does very uh, offensive stuff all the time. You offensive, know, good or offensive, offensive. Uh, offensive. Here, here's the thing. There was the, this particular strip caused a whole of, lot of turmoil here. Uh, have, have you ever heard, uh, heard of David Guetta? No. No. He's a he's a DJ, a very famous DJ. Uh, a fake, if you ask any real DJs out there. And he it, he did a, a comic book Gustavo Sala called uh, David Ghetto, uh, yeah. and he was a at a concentration camp, you know, spinning discs and, and saying, yeah, dance, yeah, dance. Uh, and, you know, the refugees, the prisoners of the concentration camp say, David, we have no reason to dance. They kill us every day and they use us to, uh, to turn us into soap. Uh, and then uh, Hitler comes by and... and Hitler in, in South he, America joke, huh? Uh, and he thanks uh, David because he actually makes them to dance, and if they're not relaxed and dancing, uh, the soaps won't uh, end up the right way. Something oh like that. God. So, so uh, that was offensive. But the thing is that the whole uh, Jewish community took it at heart, and they, you know, wanted to hang him by the balls, basically. Um, and and right now, uh, I, w- I I was reading a comic book from back in the nineteen eighties. 70s from Mortadelo and Filemón, Spanish, and they also had uh, something related to to all of that. But, however, you know, yeah, similar jokes uh, regarding that. I mean, acknowledging the fact of, you know, Jewish being persecuted by other people. uh, And it's, it's weird to see how things have been changing when it comes to political correctness and how different countries manage it in a different way. And how personal some people take it and some others don't. So, for example, the Brazil episode in Brazil, it caused a bit of a turmoil. But the Uruguay episode here was like, oh, yeah, we're mentioned. And, but, and uh, just, okay, but back to Al Rio. Uh, who lived in Brazil. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember much about his Spider-Man run. How was his Spider-Man run? Uh, I bet he drove the hottest Mary Jane ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
I need to find this. Spider-Man. Well, wasn't the didn't he? Uh, well, is it as hot as that picture of of Ed Bennis did of uh, Mary Jane and Black Cat, like uh, only in men's shirts? Ah, <sighs> Ed Bennis. Yeah, bro. I don't know. That, that's. I wonder what the DC and Marvel editors think when they hire these guys. Um, I mean, it's like what 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 do they have to to censor out? I heard, for example, Michael Turner got asked to tune down the the amount of bust on Power Girl, and it which was, is a crime. Which is a crime, and it was still incredibly impressive the size that was actually printed. So I I want to know what the real pencils are behind all. Of, all of these. Oh, well, funny, funny. Cool. We're talking about Michael. Tur- funny, we're talking about Power Girl and Sexy Girl artists, and uh, especially Al Rio, who has uh, allegedly taken his life. Um, because you want to know who's responsible for Power Girl's bust? Your uh, what was? Well, uh, 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 it was your, the mentor of your mentor, or something like that. Well, Wally Wood. Wally Wood. Uh, just for a joke, wanted to see how long it would take for the editors to catch on him just subtly upping Power Girl's bust size for a whole year. Because if you look at it, uh, I mean, pre-crisis Supergirl was about a B cup, and that's being generous. And uh, <laughs> and Power Girl's obviously, you know, just another just another uh, dimensions version of pre-crisis Supergirl. So she she wasn't at all that generous to begin with. So so all uh, all uh, Wally did was just you know a little bit bigger. He he went like he went like quarter cups at a time, and and by the time the others caught on, she was she was like almost ease. <laughs> and 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 and, uh, and uh, Wally was like, "Hey, it's already here." <laughs> and um, sadly, Wally Wood did take his own life, but he was had several health problems. I mean, he was going blind, and, and as an artist, the the prospect of going blind when you're when your bread and butter's art it's 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 a frightening prospect. And he had a lot of his own inner demons as well. When... And uh, so uh, apparently Al Rio also did a uh, an album cover called Sexorcist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he, I believe that could be slightly related to to the webcomic that he was drawing. That was the last thing of his that I got to read. Oh, exposure. exposure. Yeah. <laughs> it had a lot yeah. of, of religion in it, too. So at least yeah, nuns. It, it's kind of this weird, dirty pear-esque thing that I... So you like... I've, yeah, yeah, two girls barely dressed, fighting crime. So what else can you ask for? <laughs> wow, it's he, he actually, you know, Rio actually has a very impressive run. I mean, he worked for all the major companies and several of the '90s ones that have been absorbed from since now. Uh, you know, he obviously his work on Spider-Man and uh, Gen 13. It's uh, wow, it's. This is this is a very impressive body of work for any person, uh, especially someone who is specialized with uh, with the women like he did. I mean, just looking at a style, and uh, this is something I like doing. Is you know, he he obviously it's uh, if you look at that the Wonder Woman piece that Neil uh, pushed, um, you you can see a little bit. I'm not saying a lot, but if you actually look, you can actually see a little bit of Perez in here. I think. Yeah, it's mostly because Perez has a. Very mature women when he draws them. I mean, when he does a woman and a, a teenager, a teenager girl, uh, he does put an impressive amount of work to make you feel there's a difference there. Yes, like like I success. Because the thing is, uh, there's a huge amount of 
20 uh, year old daughters and 30 year old mothers in comic books lately. So <laughs> it's like watching the WB. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, it's. A... It kind of reminds me how uh, people were up in arms with, uh, before the new 52 that uh, DC was basically forgetting all about uh, their female, ra- female readers. But oh, well, that's another. Well, what, what I like is about Al Rio and Dead Bennis and a lot of these other uh, artists from uh, South America is, you know, they're working for major pu- comic companies, but they also freely took commissions and their rates weren't bad. I mean, it, it, it's it, it's affordable enough that, you know, you, me or Neil could just, you know, say, hey, can you draw something, something, something? And they'll say, sure. And and it doesn't we don't break the bank to get them to draw something. <laughs> Yeah, mm. you gotta bless the how well the dollar was doing, <laughs> exactly, and how, and how bad we are doing down here. <laughs> so, yeah, what I would have given to have a have an El Rio drawing. <laughs> well, that Bennis still takes commissions, and he actually is pretty affordable. It's uh, it's it's actually quite amazing. I mean, he actually charges less than Fred Gallagher for a commission. Well, that's that's the other thing. Oh. That Gall- well, yeah. I, if you get better art for yeah. cheaper. Yeah, you, 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 you don't need to explain. I know. I remember you. That guy. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't help myself. I really can't. It's 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 just it's just so funny the the crazy amount of money Fred Gallagher has for commissions. Ah, yeah. Now I remember who that he was. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a that's a thing uh, because uh, you bet that Al Rio still had some issues finding people to pay the right amount of money for his work back in his country. And that's why he works for outside, and that's why he worked so much. I mean, uh-huh. he, he said something like, you're, a, you're not just an artist, you're a soldier. I mean, and you're at war. You're, every day uh, that you live, you're trying to make a living. That's the thing. It's like, you're, you're always working when you're a freelance artist. And given the, the sort of mindset that lies around here, it's pretty understandable. For example, besides the clients, the sort of clients and the sort of work that one wants to do, for example, in animation, uh, right now, for a 40-second animated t- television ad, I'm making as much as I proposed for a budget of uh, a three-minute episode, a three-minute animated episode for a TV series. And the guys who asked me for the budget for the three-minute episode thought it was too much. Well, the guys who are paying me for this 40-second animation think it's too cheap. So it's weird the way economics work down here, especially when it comes to art. That's true. It's true. It's uh, but I'm just looking at El Rio's gallery, and wow, it's uh, it, it has he has some of that classic pinup style that we love so much on the show, right, Neil? Oh yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I see a little Perez in there too. So it's uh. It, it, it's a very good foundation, and uh... indeed it is. All he had to do, especially given where he lived, was just take a look out the window, and he would <laughs> find any pose <laughs> and any other reference that anyone would ever need. I'm moving. <laughs> wow, it's and the funny thing. The funny thing is, you know, you talk about you talk about the difference in art. It's in in artists uh, from from uh, South America. You know, doing you know, doing a lot of work here. It's a you know, Pablo. You actually lived in in the U.S. of A. for a very short period, and you didn't like it. Uh, I I was in the United States for uh, three weeks, or or was it two weeks? 
Uh, it was it. It's nice, but I wouldn't want to live there compared to where I live right now. Weren't you in Jersey? No, no, no. Um, I I visited uh, Las Vegas, Florida, uh, San Francisco, New York, and uh, where else? And I think that was it. But uh, like I said, I, I especially like New York. I'm I'm more of a city. Loving kind of guy. Dum 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 dum. But yeah, it's really hard to find an artist that can do torsos, you know. Yeah, it's it's a bit of an issue for people to remember that females have organs. Well, well, torsos. <laughs> I think a torso, a well done, well drawn torso, is just as sexy as everything else. Uh, to me, it's one of the most sexiest parts because, well, it's like what keeps it all together. <laughs> it's like the Tyrannosaurus of a megasword. You keep falling apart without it. Well, at least you didn't say Mastodon. Well, I'm not fan of things with, you know, long noses and stuff. You know, <laughs> phallic's not my thing. Okay. Let's see. Well, but uh, what's what's one of your favorite things that Alrio worked on, guys? Well, I, I the one that I remember that I treasured the most was the end of a particular Gen 13 arc. If I'm not mistaken... Uh, it, here the edition was twenty the twenty first issue could be uh, let me check but it had plenty of characters there and I, I believe it was based in space let's see but here's a question with you for you guys as artists so what the, and not that I'm complaining I just want to know what the root is 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 what is with all the good girl artists the sexy girl artists. In uh, their fascination with uh, the older style of uh, stockings and lingerie, now that's a bad thing. It's it's actually it's actually a good thing. But it's uh, what's the root to this? Uh, I believe it's more because of its stylish. It's more fun to draw than just you know throwing a few lines on there and calling it uh, g-string. <laughs> but because but, a lot know, of us who learn to draw usually start out by looking at the lingerie catalogs. That's where I. Yeah, that, that also helps. <laughs> That's your story. Fred, sticking Fredericks, to it. Yep, Fredericks of Hollywood and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Victoria's Secret. <laughs> there are my secrets out. Yeah. <laughs> Life is waiting for the one who loves to live. And it's not a secret. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that all these artists, you know, Al Rio, Ed Benes, you know, it's just all the stuff that they put on sketches on DeviantArt and their DeviantArts are awesome. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, that some, by the way, I recently learned that comic book retailers think that DeviantArt artists are not skillful nor competent, but then move on. What Al, Al Rio and Ed Benes and uh, Frank Cho post deviant arts? Yes, yeah, but they I mean, did. You have to see the whole range. You you can see in deviant arts. Right? I found it. Well, but what did you find? This was this is the issue that I have. That's the issue you have. Yeah, that's all drawn by Al Rio. It has plenty of aliens in it, and of course, girls. So it was quite. It's quite something. I mean, it's very various. It shows what he can do. You, you know that drawing sci-fi comics isn't the easiest comics to draw. Uh, he pulled it out great and sleek and sexy. And he also had the chance to show that he could draw stuff that wasn't just, you know, good girls. <laughs> well, of course not. Some, sometimes sometimes the artists that draw good girls can surprise you and draw something else. Or, or they'll just draw... Uh... 
you know, Ultron as a good girl and just say, here's here's a shifting metal pattern <laughs> and that and then where are you complaining? It's a naked woman and it's Ultrons. Don't don't complain. Side that that reminds me of the the recent covers for Before Watchmen and how the Doctor Manhattan cover, whose book is drawn by Adam Hughes, has Doctor Manhattan and most of his body covered by Silk Spectre, drawn of course gorgeously. And it's like, uh-huh. why would they put Silk Spectre on the cover? And it's like, okay, would you rather take a look at Doctor Manhattan's tongue? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> and it's like, okay. Besides, they they, they they call for Adam Hughes to make a cover, and it's like. I still find it stupid, the problems he had with Hasbro when he did that Baroness cover. And people say, it's too sexy. Change it's Baroness. Change the face. And then he redrew it again. And, and it's, a, it's still too sexy. And then that cover didn't run at all. <laughs> yeah, And it's such a pity. It's, and it's, it's, it's so Baroness. stupid. It's like, you're, you're asking for Adam Hughes well, to that, that, draw yeah, a Baroness cover. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that'd, be, that'd, be like, that'd be like asking Frank Cho to draw some filler art for you and then complain. Oh, wait. Or, or asking Frank Miller to write something with uh, women and, uh, you know, ended up with a lot of prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, yeah, speaking of, speaking of good girl artists, uh, we should talk about some of the ones that are still alive, like like the aforementioned Ed Ben is, you know, available for commission on DeviantArt. Uh, Frank Cho, I don't know if he takes commissions. Uh, he, he's, he's not South American. He's Korean, if I remember. And, uh, and uh, Adam Hughes. Oh, my God, Adam Hughes. Uh, 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 of Adam Cho, I always remember that uh, that the interview they they got him. Did I tell you about that, Ben? Yes, I did. Uh, I said that I understand his pain. Yeah, I mean, he gets interviewed by a large uh, um, nationwide magazine, and they interview their parents, and their parents are saying, "Oh, yeah, we're still expecting him to become a doctor or something like that." And I'm saying, "What?" <laughs> really? His parents are Korean, okay? It's his mom's Korean. Yeah. I, I have... Why are you no doctor yet? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hepatitis B? Why not hepatitis A? It's. Uh, yeah. I'm making good money, Ma. <laughs> it's... The, guy, the guy just uh, was uh, back in France uh, out of uh, uh, an auction for his art, and they still expect him to do something else. What the heck? Artists just don't get uh, no respect. Was it because is it because uh, good good girl artists don't get that much respect or no no it's 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 a Korean thing. It's my my mom when I, I told my mom I I drew comics. My mom my mom told me that in Korea manhwa artists uh, aren't respected at all and. <sighs> Okay, let's move on. <laughs> and uh, I'm just looking at this Adam Hughes, uh, Dr. Manhattan number one. It's a Silk Spectre looks pretty uh, dull, considering the way that Dr. Manhattan's holding her and the position she's being held in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she should be looking like she's getting quite a bit of a shock or a surprise because, uh, you know, it's... Well, I'll just let your imagination fill in the blanks. Well, I, I guess... Assume the position... Already. This was probably already once uh, the magic was running out of the relationship and she started fantasizing about, you know, Nitro and stuff. Yeah, because there's nothing that turns people on quite like a, quite like a uh, spare tire. Indeed. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that, to that Amanda Conner art now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that cover looks ridiculous. Well, yeah, yeah, she should be she, she, she should be looking surprised like, oh! <laughs> 
Again, it was either Silk Spectre in missionary position or Doctor Manhattan slash Tongue. Look at Doctor Manhattan's face. Choose your own path to disaster. Look at look at his face. I cannot see it, man. I cannot see it. It's it's like it's like what's 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 the name of that that one politician Neil who had who who was who was trying to run for the primaries who had that commercial where he's like he he does that creepy grin and nods. Oh, Herbert Kane. Yeah, I think so. I mean, not not nothing against the guy's politics or anything, but his commercial is creepy. Because it starts with him just him looking normal, and he does a slow grin showing his teeth and nods. <laughs> That's a good place to cue the creepy music from that one Spider-Man episode. Oh, God. Yeah, let me see if I can find that really quick, because it's... it's Here it is. This is the creepiest smile. Uh, let me turn it. Turn off the music, but you can see it. <laughs> 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 Paid by friends of Herman Cain. <laughs> Do you see that grin? <laughs> oh wow, another girl uh, artist, Terry Dodson. Yeah, he's a big influence of Matthias Soto. Oh wow, he, he, the thing is, and I think this is a bad thing on my part, but every time I see an artist that draws in a style like this, I think, "Where in South America are they?" And then I say, "Oh, America." America. Oh. <laughs> well, it's easier to get original art from them. Well, it's it's. it's I, I remember don't, the first don't, time you don't. I really think... liked Terry Dodson's art, but it also varies uh, according to what inker he has. And the first time I saw his art was in uh, the adaptations for the Dark Empire novels or Dar- or Hair of the Empire. I can't remember the name. The Star Wars uh, comic books based on the novels. And I remember the first time I looked at it was like, oh, cute. Uh, but it wasn't him, and I started looking into it, and Hughes is a big influence of him, so it's great to see. He's, he, he drew some X-Men issues that have so much when it came to good girl art. It was something like Emma Frost uh, links into Cyclops' mind, and he's entirely surrounded by every girl that Cyclops ever saw. Uh, all dressed, uh, for example, Rogue is dressed like the, the girl attending the, the elevator and stuff like that. So it had plenty of fun service there. Ah, <laughs> oh, will be He will be sorely missed. It's, uh, because it's this classic art style that people don't do anymore that, that's obviously inspired by, but, but, you know, obviously they went in their own direction and refined it. But it's this it's this art style where people are drawing where where it's a classic it's a more classic art style and uh, as everyone knows I love anime and manga art but yeah. we should keep some of our own artistic identity for crying out loud am I right well, guys Yeah it's not just that the the only thing the other thing that this has is that I he's clearly someone who who studied first what was real and then worked on it to make it his own. And like some people that just started with something that had, you know, like I said before, the 90s were horrible when it came to anatomy for everyone. But women had it the worst because, like you said, the torsos, some were non-existent at all. And when you look at something like this, when you know that this actually can exist, (laughs) that it's something that you see, something that you work upon, that you make your own, it's... It's way different than just drawing 
just lines on the paper. This is actually someone who loves women and then draws them. Well, we love everyone who loves women on this show. Men, women who love women, we're, we're okay with that too. Yeah, it's also okay with women who love women. <laughs> yeah. I, we're entirely up for that too. Yeah, especially if they're Brazilian, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> The 90s were just so horrible. I remember looking at Jim Lee's art back then. Oh, God. Uh, man, uh, what Lee's, happened to that Jim guy? Lee's art, oh, well, Jim well, Lee's art wasn't the worst. I mean, well, well, the problem with Jim Lee is, is number one, I think he's better if he's like really super focused on one thing. But when they, when Marvel had him working like three or four books, his art style went straight to the crapper. And, yeah. and who, whatever inker he had back then sucked. I'm, okay, it sounds like I'm defending Jim Lee. I'm not. No, no, it's okay. I, Jim Lee was one of my influences once he started. Like I said, the the bad thing is all the people that he influenced, that people... The, the thing right now with artists is like, if you don't start trying to draw something that exists and you are inspired and start drawing out of someone something that's already drawn, something that is a symbol, a representation of that, of something that, that exists somewhere. A imitation, perhaps? When you... For example, uh, a drawing of 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 a picture of something that exists. Well, basically it suffers adaptation way. decay, and that's how we ended up with people with no torsos. And because... uh, people with black echo fingers, yes. Yeah. Or, or people who do, do horrible imitations of manga style and deviant arts. What yeah. happens? Or people with concave faces. Yeah, it's just because people ah. start drawing over drawing over drawing over drawing over drawing over drawing, 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 drawing and then uh, the thing is how much confident you get into that because sometimes you start to make it so abstract but you make it work in your own way. You make it your own. Well, even For, Salvador Dali knew how to draw a real human figure. Yeah, but that's the thing. You gotta start knowing what a real human figure is. You don't just go and say, hey, draw me a female, and you suddenly draw, you know, a square. And it's like, that's not a female, that's a square. Yes, it's a, it's a female. Yeah, that's how it's I draw like females. It's like putting a, a dot on a canvas and saying, oh, this should cost $30,000. Oh, don't get me started when it comes to that, because I've seen... You know, ateliers, you know, artist shops here. And mm -hmm. you get huge empty ones for guys who just try to imitate Pollock. You know, oh, just God. They, they go and, they go and, and splatter the wall and they get the hugest artist shops ever. And suddenly you get to see next to it a uh, uh, one meter per one meter stand that has the most beautiful landscapes and portraits that I have ever seen that, you know, stuff that actually requires skill. Well, uh, a pair of painted pants stuck onto a canvas. Uh, that was Pollock, right? You know, the thing is, here's something that happens when it comes to art in general. You can be the guy who starts doing uh, things different because he feels something ne different needs to be done. Or you can be the asshole <laughs> that that's things that he can make money doing the same different thing that the other guy is doing and calling himself a rebel. It's, it's like sort of, it's, it's sort of like Yoko Ono's bullshit art. Neil, do you know about Yoko Ono's bullshit art? No. Okay, she she had an apple she bought from like a, a market for like five cents, and she put like a she bought like an index card for like one cent and wrote on it apple and put it on a pedestal with with an index card like underneath the apple and called performance <laughs> art. I'm not shitting you. This was an actual piece of that. There's a room for experimentation, and there's another room. Something that I think it was Matthias that to told it to me, that he had read it somewhere, was there are two types of artists. 
Real artists and then fakes, yes. The 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 ones that uh, everything they think that everything that uh, they do is shit, and the artists that think that everything they shit is art. Okay, let's uh, let's uh, wrap this up. Uh, this was our Al Rio salute, and uh, we just want to say again that check out all the artists we named: uh, uh, Frank Cho, uh, Ed Benes, uh, Adam Hughes. Uh, am I for- forgetting anybody, guys? Well, Terry Dodson uh, and Adam Warren, of course. <laughs> Adam Warren, of course. We can never forget Adam Warren. Uh, any any other picks, Neil? Um, not off the top of my head. Isako, any girl picks? Well, and I don't know if you've forgot to mention, but Adam Hughes, basically. Adam Hughes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't forget. And uh, you know when what? you look at... Uh, ben, I just want to say that uh, those hearing that when you look at these artists, remember that these guys are the ones who really look at women in all their variety, in all it can be, and they come up with their own style. They don't try to... Uh, what, Paolo, what Paolo describes that... Uh, do you have a generic girl and you repeat it over and over, uh, over again? That, that's true, but uh, one really quick note I just want to bring up right before we end this uh, special is uh, I think it's the one of the most unfair things ever was Adam Hughes did this drawing that was later what? turned into a sculpture. It was, it was Adam Hughes, I believe. I, I almost, I'm, 99, I'm 99% sure it's Adam Hughes. Of Mary Jane yeah. washing Spider-Man. Yeah, it was Hughes. That was Hughes. And everyone oh, yeah. got pissed. I'm like it's, it was like a really sexy piece, and, and everyone was like, "Yeah, oh, yeah." Girl and Mary Jane doing Spider Man's laundry. I'm like, "Wait, you're actually comp- <laughs> you, you remember that uh, thing?" Yeah. <laughs> okay, but uh, I'm your host Ben with TV's Mr. Neil, Pablo Prino, <laughs> Saku. and we're saying goodnight. Good night. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Hey, honestly, the Dragon Ball wasn't silly. Well, the Dragon Ball silly. is silly. That's why I like it better than Naruto. Because Naruto well, takes itself too serious. Believe it! I got the I got the smoking gun of uh, the fact that uh, Dragon Ball is, is absolutely silly. It's because during one of the martial arts tournaments, uh, uh, there, was a, there was a guy called Bacterian. And his, his power was that he smelled really, really bad. And then Krillin says, no, oh, wait a minute, I have no nose. Exactly. He's like, I yeah. don't have a nose. So my proof is in, in the, in the uh, Boo saga, you know, everyone's dying. The whole world's in peril and, fu- and Trunks and, and Goten are trying to learn fusion. Mm-hmm. In the manga, yeah. Toriyami actually photocopied a page. For, really? for the training montage. And Krillin oh, yeah. the... actually says, hey, wait, did Toriyami photocopy the page? And then Toriyami shows up and says, sorry about the editor. You don't have to charge me for this page. <laughs> so yeah. that actually, once I read that, I actually was like, you know what? Toriyami just went up on my respect meter. But 
Terry Yam is great. I, I love him. He's He's got great storytelling. He doesn't take himself seriously. And he kind of knows how to play along with his characters. That's something that you don't see every day. Like I said, Naruto takes itself way too seriously, and that's what sucks the most of it. I thought, like it, was, it, I thought it was a ninja in bright, a bright orange jumpsuit. No, it's uh, <laughs> because if it was a comedy and it was a ninja in a bright orange jumpsuit, that would be funny. You know, but actually, actually like, Gintama... it's serious. Seriously, I'm a ninja in an orange jumpsuit, but I'm all serious. I'm in pain. Wasn't he like uh, an emo? No, the emo's his best friend, but he's emo about his best friend leaving him. Didn't he have, like, cat whiskers? Yeah. What, what was up with that? Uh, he's uh, a, a fox reincarnated or something. Oh. I, actually, that, that's, the, that's the much better pilot manga has him as a reincarnated fox. The actual manga himself has it, the fox spirit is, is sealed in his stomach because that's what they do. No, the pilot's actually funny. Because the pilot's nothing about ninjas. The pilot's about a fox. A fox is a little boy who uh, has to find a has to find someone who wants to be his best friend. There's no fighting in it at all. Well, the sad thing is that the author of Naruto was actually a big fan of Dragon Ball, and he tried to go in a similar way, but then it got you know caught up on Imones. And he started adding more and more piercings to the characters. No, don't they have like literal piercings on them now? Well, Naruto doesn't have piercings, but there's a character that's Naruto with piercings. Lots of them. Really? What's he look like? Like Naruto, only with a lot of piercings. What, what's and he called? What's, what, what, what's his name? Is his name like an emo name, like uh, like Blood or or Scar or or? Give me two seconds, and I'll ask my friend who's sitting next to me. That's el nombre del personaje de Naruto que tiene pila de piercings y es como Naruto. Pain. Se llama en serio Pain. His name is Pain. Pain. The deal. What? Holy shit! See what I mean? There's a bad guy in Naruto whose body is full of piercings. His name is Pain. Holy shit! I'm not making this up. I just asked my friend. Deal. Do you agree? We need to see a picture. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's pull Naruto pain. Well, I think of other things when I hear that. <laughs> you know, oh. I'm actually feeling really bad now because of where I'm at in my comic with the main character with a sword in his chest right now. Holy shit. Found him? Did you guys get to see him? I thought you were going to send us the link. Yeah, I'm on it. Uh, here's one where he's next to Naruto. Oh, God. This is painful. <laughs> painful. Damn it. What's his power? Does he like shoot the piercings out or something? Like, uh, like, uh, well, like, he's... Penance in, like penance in Marvel? I'll ask you. Uh, he has clones. He can see through them. He's got like MP points and he shares his MP points with his clones. And they do all kinds of he can roll the eyes at the same time, so he's like a chameleon. You know, this actually sounds kind of stupid. It is. Like something out of Naruto. <laughs> oh, and he can use his his chakra or MP points or... You just say chi. Because that's what it is. So, so, so tell us more about this Naruto bullshit, because this is, this is sounding really 
special. How does Naruto beat uh, beat emo boy? Well, uh, my friend just replied me with just some cryptic phrase that said something like, "I could do what your will would not allow you to do." Wait, what? So let me get it straight. He like talks him down. O sea, que solamente le habla para ganarle. That's like super friends. Yep. That's that, that's super friends, Neil. Ah, wait, 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 wait. First, he he has a battle with all his clones that lasts like ten chapters. It appears. Ah, uh, and he wins uh, the battle talking in three or four minutes after you know the ten episode battle against the clones. Okay, so let me get this straight. That he actually talks the villain down, gives him a moral speech, does the super friends thing, and it works. Yeah, after beating his other clones. That, that, does, that, does, that doesn't matter, Pablo. That oh, yeah, he matter. talks him down. <laughs> but so, I, this is actually really important. We need to know this stuff for the when we finally do the Naruto episode, because I'm not watching well, 600 episodes. Well, I told you, I, I watched the first 13 episodes of the original season, of the original series, and then the first uh, four episodes of Shippuden. That sounds. That yeah. sounds like a Broadway musical. Shibupu, Shibupu, the girl I love. <laughs> and I can tell you, it's uh, the pacing is like Dragon Ball. Only you take out all the comedy, so it's one huge boredom. So it's like running. It's so it's as slow as running a knife across your wrist. Exactly. <laughs> Slowly. Very very slow. Oh God. And like I said, the funniest thing is whenever I talk to a Naruto fan, they say, oh, I hate the main characters. I just like this character that only shows up for five minutes. Oh, yeah. They keep doing that. Ask your friend who's his favorite character. Well, um, I, I, I know who his favorite character is. It's the same of my favorite characters. It's Kakashi. He's one of those characters that shows up for five minutes, right? No, no, no. He's actually quite uh, one of the main characters somehow. It's the teacher. The, the he's, he's the only ninja in Naruto that wears a fucking mask. The only ninja in Naruto that wears a mask. That's that's probably the only reason why we all like. Him. But don't they that all have, don't, don't they all wear like bright green uh, vests? Uh, yeah, I guess they they try to make it military green vests or something. But uh, t I'm telling you, he's the he's lazy, a pervert, uh, kicks lots of ass, and and wear some mask. That's the like the whole reason to like that guy because you, you know what ninja series I would actually watch. It's a uh, they hinted at this it in the in the cutscenes for Street Fighter Four. But Ibuki goes to like a school that's like a ninja school, and it's like actually they have a PE teacher and all this shit, and it's like really cute yeah. and stupid. And I'm like, I was watching it. And I'm like, I'd actually watch that. You told me. Don't they have a, a Ibuki comic book series from Udon Studios? Well, number one, because it's nothing but cute ninja girls all going to school together. So I want to hear Neil say nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> they, they probably have that series, you know, in comic form, because right now Udon is the one in charge of making all the, the real storylines behind the games. Capcom's not even trying anymore. It's like, so, oh, are yeah, you, we are just saying, scan their comics and put them as ending. Is Udon responsible for Mega Man, then? Uh... Right now, he's Udon is the only one doing anything for Mega Man. I mean, I, I mean, do you think someone at Udon Studios, probably Omar, is like, you know what? They asked me to do the character art for uh, for Street Fighter versus Tekken for Mega Man <laughs> <laughs> because well, Omar uh, has a sense know, of humor. I follow his deviant art. Actually, uh, I, that could be not too far off because. <laughs> No, no, here's the thing. You know, the, there was this Udon Studios Mega Man tribute book, right? 
this art book with people art from people all over the world um and there were many submissions that had bad box art mega man <laughs> <laughs> were you one of them uh, no i went with original mega man only designed as a 1930s cartoon character oh that sounds pretty uh, cute can thanks. we see it? Can we see it? Uh, yeah, it's on my DeviantArt page. Oh, okay. Um, and the thing is, I I bet that that was the first time any Japanese per persons ever saw the, you know, American bad box art Mega Man and went like, what the fuck is this? This is hilarious. <laughs> Let's go with it. And like I said, I, I, I think that this is the most epic trolling ever. It is. It definitely is. It's it, like, it, 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 like it, I told it, you, it, it's, it, it's it, like you download Darth Vader and you suddenly get Episode One: Phantom Menace, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> that, that that's probably gonna be the, the next thing we get on the Soul Calibur series. And his win quote will be, "I slaughtered him like animals." <laughs> <laughs> like he's gonna say it in his ten-year-old form. He's literally like ten-year-old. <laughs> Brought him here to kill me, <laughs> liar. <laughs> you underestimate my power. <laughs> Obi Wan's jealous. He can only be back. And and the fun thing is, whenever you play with him, he jumps alone out of the ring. <laughs> uh, here it is. This was my tribute entry. Oh good. Oh wow, I like it. Thanks. This mutated a lot. Original was going to be a poster, and then it became something more of a graphic design thingy. What do you think, Neil? That's pretty cool. Thanks. That, that's 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 made of Disney win. <laughs> uh, I, I, there were others that had similar ideas, different executions. I'm at, imagining a voice by uh, Walt Disney. <laughs> now, Doctor Wiley. <laughs> yes. Why must we fight? We are not enemies. <laughs> <laughs> now, Doctor Wiley, we're going to set things right here. How's that for a Mickey voice? Close enough. And then, and then you have uh, Doctor Light. You just give him the Elmer Fudd voice. Oh, what, what I imagine is uh, is uh, what's the name of the dog? Rush. Rush. Rush, you dumb mutt! <laughs> Good dog gone, mutt! Why ought to beat you within an inch of your life? <laughs> <laughs> How would roll sound? Um, like mini. Oh God, that's what I was thinking. I don't have any helium on. <laughs> I'm recording this. Are you recording this, Neil? I'm recording. This is gold. Uh, but like I said, that that Mega Man poster, that me that Mega Man in that game, that's epic. And what I love is there there's like there were like 200 people posted immediately five minutes after that announcement on YouTube with this stupid rant about Capcom lost a customer for life. No, they did. Yes, they did. They never. No, they did post it, but they never lose their customers. Yeah, people always say it. But... Well, like I said, it's, 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 it's all these, uh, it's all these low cows anyway. So. There were more people complaining they never buy than people that were actually buying. Uh, Pablo, you're fading in and out. Oh, I'm swinging around the microphone. Sorry about that. Swing about... your mic from side to side. <laughs> Do the Pablo. Oh, Pablo saw the Super Show for the first time. Recently, yeah, well, we oh, never yeah, got was... to see the live action segments, but there's uh, something very sad because the, the episode I, I got to see had the the song edited out. It was the Pirates of the Caribbean parody, Pirates of the Koopa, and the original episode that I saw had the Limbo song, you know, na 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 na, 
<laughs> but, but they they added that out and they put the most generic out of sync score they could find and it was a whole mute sequence so it was made of boredom and what was once uh, once comedic segment became boring as hell uh well but that's about it it's well here it's 12:24 a.m. we're getting closer yeah, it's, yeah. oh pa- Pablo uh here's a question for you um yeah what's uh <coughs> trying to remember it's uh Okay, um, so what other jump manga were you interested in? A- manga to anime? Dragon Ball, uh, Captain Tsubasa. Captain what? Captain Tsubasa. Uh... Oh, Captain Tsubasa. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, right? Pablo? Talking. I can't hear him either. Pablo? Can you hear? No. Fading internet. Oh, again? No. A little bit. Power! Unlimited power! Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, so Yu Yu Hakusho, you wanted in on that one too, right? Of course I do. Uh, I, and then, yeah, I have seen most of Bleach, so I can go with Bleach too. So why are all the bad guys in Bleach uh, have Spanish names? Uh, those are... Well, it's because, according... It's uh, Spanish for for the bound name of the... I can't remember right now. Well, well, like, well, like, like the, like, uh, the giant hollows are called Minos. Hollows and Arrancars, they're all, uh, their names are all in Spanish. The name of the attacks and the names. Then bounds are German named, have German names. Uh, then, well, what other names were there? Yeah, it's, it's El Diablo. Yeah. Uh, Chad, who is somehow related to the Spanish names too. Yeah, it's like the le- left arm of the giant. Yeah. Um, and the right, right arm, arm of the devil. Death. Yeah. What, what's the, uh, How do you say that? Eh, era brazo derecho del gigante y brazo izquierdo del diablo. Okay. Uh, so, you know, Tite Kubo went with different languages for the different species, it's in, in a way of saying. Um, what else? Oh, I, I think uh, those were the ones that we remembered. Okay, and well, we're gonna need someone for Rurouni Kenshin. Oh yeah, Rurouni Kenshin, of course. I, I got to see all of the anime and all of the manga and all of the o- OBA so far. What do you think of that one filler episode with the engagement ring? Uh that was the ninety-fifth episode, maybe yes. the one that only got on VHS. No, 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 no. The engagement ring episode was before that. It was before the Christian arc. Oh. No, it was it, actually, yeah, it was before. I don't the remember Christian... much of the filler episode. Okay, okay, let me describe it. And if you say this sounds like it's from another series, that's because it does sound like it's from another series. Um, <laughs> okay, Kenshin goes fishing and catches a fish, and when he's cooking the fish, he finds. That... I remember it now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do. Uh, the fisherman's tale too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> well, the, if. If you want something that is completely out of the Kenshin canon, that would be the last story arc that was in the anime. You know, the, the one the Christian wo- arc. No, no, not the Christian arc. That that was the, the actually that was a masterpiece compared to to the last arc. The it was the Feng Shui shit. Yeah, the, the the guy who was the master of interior decorating martial arts. Yeah, and he could cause earthquake earthquakes. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's that's what I love about. It. He was the master of interior decoration art, martial arts. It's like, wait, why am I watching Ranma? 
Yeah, it was it was Ranma meets Yu Yu Hakusho, but with Kenshin thrown in. No, 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 no. The engagement ring was like a Ranma episode. Uh, I mean, I mean, they they told the voice actress Ricaro to 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 scream out Kenshin no Baka. Oh. Uh, no, and she gave she she drew it out really long too. I mean, they they told her to imitate how Akaka does it. Holy shit! Wow, damn it. Do you guys want to hear my take on, on the Batman? The Batman? <laughs> sure. Well, the things that I gotta say is this series is mostly harmless. I mean, it... I don't know. It hurt Neil pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, Neil. But the thing <laughs> is, it does, it's not harmful for Batman itself. He has way too much exposure. And his toys sell well even during the Batman and Robin movie things. I mean, it. no one ever would ever take Batman or as you say, the Craftman, as a definite Batman at all. You should it read just, some of these YouTube it, comments, Pablo. But it, it's definitely not the most... It, the style, for example, the style they went on, that was a, a lashback from... Pablo, you're fading. You're fading still. The thing is, the cape based on that. The Batarangs are based Based off what? I, I can barely hear you. Well... Okay, I can now. hear you now. Okay, that's it. You got a bad connection, Mike. It sounds so. You're saying the, the batarangs are based off Battle of the Planets? Yeah, the batarangs and the capes, the designs. You know, the cowl itself. It tries to the the, the, ca- the cow the cow that that's like that's like a that's like a bull. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's based on Gatchaman. That's clearly based on Gatchaman, which is the, one of the design cues that the designers uh, back in Teen Titans had when they made Robin. Uh, so it's, that, that it's clear very, that we're that trying was, to go for that. That was a the very thing is, shitty version of Robin. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they they were trying to go for that. And, and the, they th- failed. the sad thing that I feel is that they didn't actually stay true to that. I mean, they, for example, the Joker, the first design for the Joker. I know people hate it, but I think it's we've seen worse in the different versions that DC Comics has given us over the years. So I I did think it was an interesting take on him to make him, you know, look like this crazy animal that was wearing a straight jacket and that had this weird capoeira monkey kung fu style for the fights. It was interesting. And dreads. I dreaded that Joker. Yeah, and the dreads too. Uh, it was an interesting different take on that. I was like, okay, let's see where they go with this. But then for the next season, you already had him wearing the, the traditional Joker suit that looked like shit. On the well, he had the traditional Joker shoe, but, suit, but he had like socks with open toes so he can still use his uh, prehensile toes yeah. to grab shit. And looks like shit. It makes no sense. It made more sense when he was wearing the, the straight jacket. And that's the thing. They started, you know, trying to fix it. And one of the things that you can easily spot it is in the main theme song that starts with, with this composition that was done by one of the of U2's members there. The Edge. 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 And, uh, yeah. and as Neil first... says, Neil says that song is shit, but he says the second song is the most non-Batman song he ever heard. Because the second song is worse because they try to turn it into a Batman song, and that's how they fuck it up. They add the trumpets from the original 60s Batman series. I know! Bam! Bam! And it's like, this is shit! And then they start, you know, photoshopping Batgirl into it, and then they start photoshopping Robin into it. They're not actually even making a real new animation for the opening credit. I know, and, actually, the only thing I was like, wasn't that a shot from the episode? Yeah, and that's exactly what the 
the whole series ended up doing. It's like yeah. To be fair, Teen Titans did that as well. Like like the whole opening episode. I think was just them trying to justify getting good animation for the opening because every shot from that opening episode was used in the opening. Right, Neil? <laughs> but yeah, the, the, cra- the Crap Man is... Uh... Wow. Something, the Crap Man was all about selling toys. It was about making it approachable. It's a light Batman. He has plenty of smiles. He's the one forming the Justice League and Soup is the one who doesn't want in. We just saw you that know, one. The the background style looks cheap. It's lined. It has horrible puns and everything. But I do have to say something, which is that they try to make it way more action-oriented. It has minimum of three action scenes per episode. And the thing is, it has more fight sequences with m- much more movement. Everybody can fight here. I mean, the Penguin has his own fighting style. It's quite interesting to see different characters with different shapes Fighting. Well, let me let me let me let me just say one thing. None of the fights are that well animated. The there's one fight, you know, even the worst fight in the animated series has better animation. Better. No, no, no. Let's uh, let's uh, be honest here. There, uh, it, the it, it, Jonah Hex versus Duvall was beautifully animated in in the animated series. The episode Showdown that was a Don Yang episode. That 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 fight was wonderful. Let's go with something more recent. Justice League. Batman versus Batman from the Justice Lords. I'm talking it about... Was, it was extra stiff. And in that same episode, you get to see an amputated Flash. But, so, but let's not go into that. I think being just straightforward, the, the action sequences have more moving camera, more closer shots, more property damage too. You know, they kept breaking into the backgrounds and stuff like that. Uh, well, the animated series had more of a, you know, still a, a camera that was still, you got to see more of the movement, you know, in a long shot. What, what about, so, what, what about on leather wings, that whole flying through the, through the uh, construction zone? Yeah, that was well animated. That was very movement. That, that was Spectrum Studios. Yeah. They, they had the, their good moments. However, they weren't focused on that. The one thing that they focused on were here were the fight sequences because there's no character development at all. <laughs> I mean, but, but the, the animated series was that, uh, wow, you get a storyline going here. You care about what happens in the action scenes. It's like, for example, besides it was this more grounded down to earth style that the original series had. So yeah, you, had, you know what? Back... Real fans were in a, driving a real car and Batman holding for dear life there, dodging bullets. There was a sense of danger that was very important. Here, no. Here, everything is so damn sterilized that you don't care. The bodies well, are... Well, the one thing that struck me was we were watching most of the episodes. It wasn't until the Superman episode we actually saw a gun fire, Neil. It's like, and the thing is, the guns that were in, like, the first four seasons weren't real guns. They were toys. Yeah, that's the thing. They they were they were like they were like the Spider-Man uh, Nerf guns, but worse. And weren't they, Neil? They were. And 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 they look like the gun that Mega Man's holding up in the Street Fighter vs. Tekken. <laughs> Pretty much. And, um, and and the yeah. thing is, the thing is, every time they want to stop somebody, the police they don't hold the gun; they hold a badge and like, "Stop! I'm holding a badge." Well, why aren't you stopping? I'm not holding it hard enough. <laughs> Well, that here's another thing. When the other characters are being introduced, you know, like Batgirl and and Robin, they're not actually. Oh, you mean they're, Jay, they're, they're you mean changing? Jay Chan. You mean Jade Chan? 
Yeah, Jade from Jackie Chan. Yeah, basically. Her uh, exactly costume is basically Swan Jans again. So, uh, uh, the, yeah, Batgirl's costume is ass. And when the thing is, when they started adding those characters, they they changed the the focus of the series a lot. Which in the animated series, that's not the way they went. I mean, they were extra careful when they introduced Robin. They fucking won an Emmy. So, however, here yeah, the whole series they, gets and, and they, they they weaned us on the on the Barbara Gordon before they went Batgirl on her. Yeah, they they were very subtle. They went slow, steady, and keeping straight with their vision. Here, they don't. For example, the Robin that joins in, it has seventy eighty percent of its design. It's the Teen Titans Robin. Well, you know what? I just say that, that that this show's linked to Teen Titans, and I'm okay with it, and I'm fine. The, the, the yeah. show and Teen Titans are in the same continuity. I'm good. <laughs> Could be explained. No, it, it, it's perfectly. Uh, Neil, back me up on this. Shit goes with shit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Teen Titans series was more harmful, in a way to say it, uh, to the Teen Titans, because it it got more exposure. No kids had ever read the book with Cyber, with a Cyber Raven in it, but mostly the kids that got it that way. You know? Oh, Pablo, did I ever tell you about this one cartoon review site right when Teen Titans first came out? You know what they thought the Raven's superhero name was? What? Goth Girl. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, you know, it's just no one who ever read the original Teen Titans comics can uh, think that Teen Titans is the, def- the Teen Titans animated is a definite version of Teen Titans. Only, only idiots like David Willis do, I know. Yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> I don't think any 30-year-old would think that, but, well... Well, David Willis does, but he's an idiot. We, we established that. I have a whole episode uh, about that. It makes no sense. I mean... And, and, and that's the thing. I actually owned him in a Twitter argument. <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about. David Willis did this comic about how, how co- DC Comics would write Starfire to be like the Starfire from, from the cartoon, or else they were going to lose 2 million possible readers. Ah, yeah, I remember that one. Well, you know, you know what's the one thing we gotta thank to the Batman, the Crapman, crap and Teen Titans? It's because having all those sucky shows. Uh, that Does it appreciate because... Bruce Tim more? Oh, I told Neil exactly how much Bruce Tim co- contributed to season one Teen Titans because season one Teen Titans on the end credits, Bruce Tim's name is on there as producer. Yeah. You wanna know exactly, Pablo? You probably know what he contributed. Do you? Well, wasn't him that. What happened was he was there for the first day and he was just there for a few minutes. He says, make Deathstroke like an evil Batman. And then he walked out of the room to work on Justice League. <laughs> nice. Didn't know that one. Well, the that's thing is, exactly I... what happened. And, and Neil thought that was funny. And Neil it's says, Neil says they think they hurt Shredder. <laughs> well, the thing is, I believe that having those sucky shows is what's giving us such great shows right now. You know, uh, maybe by now the people trying to imitate Bruce Team would have totally ruined the team style and uh, that sort of writing by now. It got dumbed down, and but now that everything hit like a rock bottom, it got extra dumbed down, extra anime, uh, extra lazy when it came to character design and all that, all super simple designs. That's why now we have series like Young Justice that have highly detailed character designs and heavily scripted series with quality. But it's written by uh, Neil, your favorite writer, Greg Weissman. You know Greg Weissman wrote a lot of the really bad episodes of The Crap Man, don't you, Pablo? Mm, didn't know. He wrote the really bad ones, too. He wrote, the, he wrote the Mr. Freeze one, and Neil got really upset with that episode. 
Well, we all know that the writers here are not the ones to blame, nor the designers. I mean, here, this was clearly a, coming it's, from it's, above it's, saying, make it trendy, make him young, make him smiley, make him... Make him have, a, make him have an iPod that like flashes the bat symbol. Yeah. And, oh, oh, and Neil, Neil, worked with. Neil was they didn't up. have a, this. This wasn't a product made of love. This wasn't someone saying, let's make a good Batman series. No, no, this was like, we got to make a Batman series. We got to make it trendy. Oh, Neil was Work. riffing on the bat wave every time it, that damn thing rang. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a trouble alert. It is. <laughs> uh, like, well, I'm, the magic computer that knows, it's the magic computer that knows when crime is happening. How does it know? It's the trouble alert. Of course. Uh, then again, it's close to the bad sonar vision, whatever that Nolan did on the last. That was movie. so harmless compared to the Neil. What's your feeling on that? On the bad sonar from 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 the Dark Knight, where where Batman's fighting the Joker in the, in the Christopher Nolan movie at the end, and he has the sonar vision. Yeah, I I don't know. That, that was really stretching. If it was up to me, I'd cut out the last third of The Dark Knight and just leave it when Harvey Dent is crying at the house. But that's just me. Okay, guys, I, I gotta go. I did not good, like luck. good luck maiming that guy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think I've been as neutral as possible and as honest and objective when it came to the Batman here. Crapman. Crapman. Uh, so if this guy has something in favor of this series that I don't have, do let me know. <laughs> I'll be here in the episode later on. Take care, guys. All right. Take care. Good night, Pablo.